Thank you for tuning in to Trinity Baptist Temple's podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Dinsmore, and I pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the Lord and follow His will for your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. God bless you. Last week, we started something um, that the Lord has laid on my heart, looking at the different characters at Christmas or the Christmas story and looking at their character. So the character of the characters of Christmas. And uh, we looked at Joseph and we learned a lot from him, but particularly learning how to handle adversity in a right way. Uh, We all face adversity. Um, We go through difficult times. We go through trials, uh, struggles, and uh, we see in Joseph uh, how he responded to that. And again, great examples of that. He was a just man, righteous man, the Bible says. He thought what he was going to do, and and, and he trusted God. He trusted God's promises, trusted God at his word, and God did some amazing things through that. But I want to remind you that by choosing to trust God, by choosing to uh, go God's way and take up that path, uh, it meant that he was going to face a lot of ridicule. It meant that he was going to go through a lot of negativity. He was going to no doubt face some problems in his life because of that. And uh, I want to encourage you with this and remind you of this. When we choose to do things God's way, when we say, you know what, I'm just going to trust God. I'm going to do it his way. I'm going to trust his word. I'm going to stand on his promises and go this way. We have to know it doesn't mean that it's just going to be this smooth sailing path in our life. That we're going to have difficulties. There's going to be attacks. There are going to be things that come against us. But we have to continue on. Um, This is something that's so important. What, what drives us in this? How do we continue to go with the struggles, standing on God's promises? How do we keep going? Because if we're, if we're going on our flesh, what's going to happen is this. We're going to get discouraged. We're going we're gonna to feel like, you know what, I, I just don't want to do it anymore. I, I don't want to try this hard anymore. I started off like this, but this is, I, I don't feel like this. Um, how do you do that? You keep your eyes focused on the Lord. You also keep your eyes focused on what's to come. Joseph knew that he was going to have the Savior. He knew that what he was going to have from all this, and that's how he kept going. We're going to see Mary this morning, see some, some of the similar things in her. Uh, but I, I, want, I want to encourage you, when you choose to trust God and obey and go his way with a right heart, and I think that's important for us to, to get to, when you say, I'm going to trust God and obey him with a right heart, you're going to experience blessings in this life that you can't experience any, any other way. Had Joseph not trusted God like that, had he not done it God's way, he wouldn't have experienced the blessings that he experienced. We wouldn't have been talking about Joseph and using him as an example as we are 2,000 years later had he not chosen to do it God's way. And so again, this morning we're going to move forward, look at Mary, and see what God has for us with her. Now, I want to remind you of something. We've, We've gone through these characters before. While Joseph was chosen, we also know that Mary was chosen. Um, to, to, to use, be used of God by the, by the Lord to bring about the Savior. But she also had a choice in the matter. When the angel of the Lord came to her, we know that she could have said, no, I, I don't want this. I don't, I, I don't want to submit myself to the Lord. I don't want to do it God's way. She had a choice in this. And what Mary would have missed had she said, I don't want to do it God's way. I want to do it my way. I want to have my way in my life. And again, I want us to remember that as we go through this and see what she does, see what we can learn from her, because she had that choice. She could have said, I don't want to do it. 
And today in our lives, I think that we, we have, we're faced with the same choice. Sometimes God comes to us and he says, I, I want you to do this. Sometimes he comes to us and we, we, we face decisions, we face choices to either do it God's way or not do it God's way. And when we say, no, I don't want to do it like this. I don't want to keep going. I don't want to do this or whatever the case may be. We miss so much of the blessings of God along the way. So let's pray and let's see what we can glean from Mary's character. Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for what we've already experienced this morning in Sunday school with the music. God, we're so thankful that you are an amazing God that has given us so many opportunities and given us so much grace. And Lord, as we look at this specific subject of grace with Mary this morning, Lord, the, the fact that she was favorable in your sight and that you poured out your favor in her life, God, we can look at our own lives and realize how much grace you've poured out in us. And Lord, help us to learn uh, how to handle that grace rightly. And uh, by Mary's example, Lord, we know that she was a sinner. We know that she needed your grace. We know that she needed your forgiveness and salvation as much as we do here today. But Lord, we can gain so much from what she chose to do. And I pray that we would. And I pray that you would be with those that are hurting, uh, hurting right now, those that are struggling. Uh, whether it be with their health, whether it's emotionally, whether it's relationally or, or, or any other way, God, we know that there's uh, a lot of people dealing with a lot of things even in this place. And so, Lord, we ask that you would uh, just rain down your spirit, rain down uh, this message from above that, uh, again, I'd just be a vessel that would pour out what you want for all of us to hear and to receive and to take with us today. Um, Lord, we know the enemy's alive and well. We know that he's battling. We know that he is, is trying to do everything he can do. Uh, to attack your church. And so, Lord, we ask that you would help us today to, to cling to you and to, um, again, experience what you want us to experience. And we'll praise you for it all, Lord. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Luke chapter 1, we're going to pick up in verse 26. If you have your Bibles, you can follow along. If not, on the screen, it says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph. Now, I'm going to stop there. If you were here last week, you know what the situation was. If you weren't here, we talked about the Jewish uh, marriage and, and, and wedding arrangements and ceremony. And we understand that at this point in time, Mary and Joseph were espoused. They were, it, it's not really engaged the way that you and I know engaged because when the Jews got uh, engaged, they were called husband and wife at that point in time, but they, for a year, didn't live with each other as husband and wife. They didn't have a relationship like a husband and wife has, but they were called husband and wife. There was a contract arranged. There was, there was an agreement made, and for a year, they were to keep themselves pure and unspotted, and at the, point, at the appointed time of the marriage, the husband would go to the house. He would, he would take his wife back to his house and there the marriage would be finalized and consummated, and they would finally be what we know as husband and wife uh, even today. So this was when the angel comes to Mary, when they were a spouse. They weren't living together. They weren't living as husband and wife. She was still living at her parents' house. She was trying to keep herself uh, true to God and pure in the relationship, and all those things were in place. When the angel Gabriel comes to her, and, and this is what happens. So she was of the house, uh, Joseph, the house of David, the virgin, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Now look at verse 29. When, he, when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this, this should be. Now, 
We, we understood something last week. Joseph had the angel of the Lord come to him in a dream. We talked about how God helped Joseph in that monumental moment by sending the angel of the Lord to give him direction. Uh, he, found, uh, he, he knew that this was going on in, in his life, that, that Mary was going to be uh, with child, and the angel of the Lord was sent to him to help him. Now, I've, to my knowledge, never seen an angel. I've never known that's Gabriel. <laughs> you know, I've, I've never had that experience in my life. Um, and so I can't say how I would respond. But again, in Scripture, I look at this story and I think to myself, if I saw Gabriel, God's angel Gabriel, before me, I think I might tremble at, at him and not just at his saying. It, look what the scripture says again. It says, and she was troubled at his saying. I, I, again, I, I've never seen an angel, so I don't know. Maybe I'd be like, oh, hey, Gabriel, how's it going? And, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't think I would be like that. But she said, the Bible says that she was troubled at his saying. And again, very interesting thought. Um, but with this, we see the humanity. We see the, the, the reality of where these people were. This, this was a real person. Mary wasn't some uh, exalted saint, sinless. She wasn't like that, like the, 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 the Catholic Church portrays today. She was not that person. She was a person like you and I who needed the grace of God. She was a person like you and I who had a choice to either draw nigh to God or reject Him. She was a person, and in this state, God found her to be favored and to be used in his kingdom for his cause. And so Gabriel comes to her and says, hey, you're favored in God's sight and you're blessed among women. Now, again, I, I don't know, you know what her reaction was, but I want you to imagine for a moment that you're going about your life, you're serving the Lord, you're working at your job, you're kind of just making plans for what you want to do the next day and maybe even for the next year, five years. You're just kind of going about your life. And I don't know, it's not as important, but like the Secretary of State shows up at your door and says, hey, you've been chosen. <laughs> Today, with, with, with the way that things are, that could be really exciting, depending on where you're at in your life, what's going on in your mind, what's going on in your heart. If you had just watched the news and something really, really bad had been on the news and the Secretary of State shows up at your door, it might cause panic in your life, you know, uh, if things seem really good. And, and they're, they're, but Mary didn't have that. Mary didn't have any, any uh, you know, anything preceding this visit by Gabriel and the news that he was about to share. So in her mind, she's thinking, well, I'm favored of God and, and, and blessed among women, but why is Gabriel here telling me this? Why is he coming and announcing these things? I'm nobody. Well, why am I favored of God? And so in her mind, just as Joseph was struggling with what he was going to do, Mary, I believe, whenever this was pronounced to her, began to struggle in her mind, well, have I done something wrong? Uh, you know, why me? I, I'm nobody. I'm, I'm not even married yet. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't have a career. I, all these things she could have been wondering about. And so she was, she was troubled, the Bible says, that this saying, verse 30 says, the angel said to her, you don't need to be afraid. Don't worry. Fear not. 
for thou hast found favor with God. You, you've found favor. I'm not, not coming to tell you that the judgment is coming to you. I'm not, I, you. You have found favor with God. What, is, what does favor mean? Favor means grace. It's the same, same exact word for grace that we find throughout the New Testament. But he doesn't stay there. He doesn't leave it open-ended. He doesn't say, well, uh, good luck. You know, I just come to tell you. You found favor with God. You're blessed among women. He doesn't leave it there. He explains what the product of this grace would be. What, what would be the result of God's favor in her life? And look at verse 31. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. Now, at that very first statement, I, I, I bet Mary's heart and her mind was just starting to rejoice. She, she, was, she was thinking, man, this is, this is great. I, I, I'm going I'm to conceive and maybe think in future. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Again, that's amazing news, but maybe as Mary's mind began to, to the wheels began to turn in her mind, she began to think, wait a second, he's coming now and telling me this now. We've got a problem. <laughs> I, I got a couple of questions with this because you need to clear this up. Because if you're telling me this is about to happen, I've got a major problem with that. So she says this. She said to the angel, verse 34, how can this be since I don't know a man? Are you telling me this is going to happen down the road? Are you going to tell me that, that me and Joseph, I mean, I'm, I'm really not following you here, Gabriel. What, I mean, we're going to have this, this miraculous child, this this Messiah is basically what you're telling us. Is that what's going to happen? What, what is this? How is this going to be? Because, again, I'm, I'm struggling with this. Now, I want you to understand something. Follow me on this. She found grace that would produce amazing blessings. Amazing blessings, amazing, salvation. But with this grace and the blessings that it would produce, it produced questions already. It would bring about struggles. It would bring about challenges. It would bring about difficulties. And even this grace that, brought, that would bring about these blessings, the, the greatest source of her blessings would also be the greatest source of her hurt one day. Think about that. This, this Savior... This child, this holy child would, would come into her life and fill her with so much joy. Not just, not just temporal happiness, but joy for all of eternity because he's the savior of all mankind. And she was used. I mean, it would bring so much joy to her life. But one day she would stand there and she would watch the source of her joy be hung on a cross to die. And so Mary experiences this this whirlwind, I believe, just looks like Joseph. I mean, you got all of these, these amazing things. I found grace in God's sight. There's blessings to come, but there's also a lot of struggle. It, it, it's similar to, to us in our life when we think, man, I found grace in God's sight, and, and I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I know one day I'm going to be with him for all of eternity. But that also means all of my loved ones and friends and all the people who don't accept Jesus We'll spend an eternity in a lake of fire. 
It's troubling. It's hurtful. Mary found herself in this situation. She, if she chose to trust God, if she chose to live and abide in, in, in Him and steward the grace that God had poured out in her life, it would mean, again, like Joseph, it would mean suffering. It would mean criticism. People would mock her. People would, would, would as she would pass by, and, and uh, as we said last week, as, as, as Mary would have some more sons to Joseph, naturally by Joseph, people maybe ask Joseph, hey, is this one your son? Same thing for Mary. As she would walk by people and, and she would be with child again. Maybe people, maybe the ladies in the marketplace or at the well when they were getting water would ask her, hey, Mary, is this one's Joseph's? You know, is this too or is this some miraculous birth as well? Mary would face the same exact things by choosing to trust God and steward the grace. But get this too. By choosing to trust God and steward the grace that she was given, she would experience innumerable blessings along the way. Blessings that she couldn't experience if she didn't trust God. But for Mary, it, it, was, it was much more. Again, think about this. When, when, when women get pregnant, I don't have any idea about that other than my wife has been pregnant twice. You know, but me, I don't know what goes on in, in the body, how you feel chemically, emotionally, of course, and physically. I can try to imagine, but I still can't fully uh, grasp even a, a thread of that because it just doesn't happen to men. God designed the, women like, the woman like that. Yes, thank the Lord. But for women who say, you know what, I, I want to I bear a child, I want to I have a baby, I, I, I want that. When, when, when a woman does that, she also accepts with the knowledge that she has all of the struggle through the process. Now, if you've never had a child before and you hear the ladies, you read the books and you watch and you listen and you, you watch the shows, you, you try to grab a, 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 a little bit of an idea of what you're getting into, but if you've never been pregnant, those of you ladies who have, you know the very first time that you were pregnant, you didn't know everything that was going to happen. You're like, oh, nobody prepared me for this. They told me about it, but they really didn't prepare me for it. So you didn't know every struggle that you'd have. But even though you didn't have, know every struggle, even though you didn't know everything that you would face, here's what you did, ladies. You accepted them and lie to the blessing that you would have at the end. You didn't know it. You didn't have full understanding of it. You didn't, know, you didn't even know what the, the blessing would look like exactly, but you knew that the blessing would be worth all of the struggle through the process. But for Mary, it was more. It was impossible. It wasn't just the struggles that would lie ahead. It was the impossibility of this happening, period. To mankind, there's just no way. This, this is unbelievable. You, you're asking me to walk around pregnant in a society that I'm an outcast like this and, 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 and just be okay. This is unbelievable for mankind. This, there's no way people are going to believe me. So again, it's not just about the struggle through the pregnancy. It's the struggle throughout her whole life that she would endure. Much like us, when we step into God's favor through faith in Jesus Christ, when we choose to do that, we know by faith the reward at the end of our life is real and it's worth the struggle through the process. 
We know one day, no matter what I go through, no matter what I'm going through, I'm going to be out of this body. I'm going to be out of this world. I'm going to be out of these struggles. and I'm going to be in the presence of my Savior. No matter what. But here's what we've got to do. We've got to remind ourselves every single day of that truth. Because if you're like me, this is what happens. You go through the struggle, you go through the difficulty, and your mind starts to zero in on that struggle and difficulty. And you start, you, you, you may not ultimately forget what's at the end, you may not ultimately forget the reward, but in the moment, day to day, you start focusing on the struggle, you start focusing on what, what the trial is, what the obstacle is, what the problem is. And that's what I'm saying. We've got to remember and remind ourselves every day. Yeah. Mary's struggling to understand how this miracle is going to happen. She's, she's wondering in her mind, and the answer comes back to her in an amazing way in verse 35. The angel answered her and said, the Holy Ghost is going to come upon me. Look, I don't know a man. How is this going to happen? Gabriel explains to her, the Holy Ghost is going to come on you, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore, also, that holy thing that's going to be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. That's amazing. I mean, I, again, I, I, don't, I don't feel worthy to do anything for God. I don't feel worthy, worthy to preach or, or to anything like I don't feel anything. I can't imagine what Mary's mind was, was doing at this, at this point. Look, here's how it's going to happen, Mary. Look, you found favor. You found grace. You're not worthy to do this, but God has chosen you, and this is what he's going to do. The Holy Ghost is going to impregnate you. And you're going to birth the Son of God. <laughs> Boom! You know, I mean, again, I'm not a lady. I have no idea what that would mean to a mother or to a woman. But again, I've tried to put myself in Joseph's shoes, and it's just, it's just not happening. Humanly speaking, I would need the angel of the Lord to visit me in a dream too, you know. That's exactly what I would need. And so that, that's what, where Mary is. Her mind is just, I'm not worthy. There's no way. This is impossible. I, I, unbelievable. Nobody's going to believe me. I'm going to be ridiculed. I'm going to be made fun of. I'm not going to be able to go to the market at the same time I have been. I'm going to have to go at a different time of the day. I'm going to have to go to the well at a different time. I'm going to be like all the other outcasts in the city. My life is, is going to be ruined. And, 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 and this is just impossible. How is this going to happen? He says, this is how it's going to happen. You're going to birth the Son of God and through, mac, uh, through miraculous conception. Mind blown. An absolute miracle of God. Again, I look at this and think the parallel with our salvation is amazing. How can God save my life? How, how can this miracle happen in my life? I mean, God knows my thoughts. He knows my words. He knows my deeds. He knows all those things. And he knew the moment I, 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 would to be, I, I was saved, everything that I would do even after that point. How is that? How am I worthy? By the Holy Spirit. By the grace of God, the Holy Spirit, a new birth. And to illustrate that God's not bound by human station, God, God's not bound by human circumstance, God's not bound by human reason, he goes on and, and, and he says this to Mary, hey, check this out too. Your cousin Elizabeth, she's pregnant, you know? And, and, and to us, we're like, oh, that's no big deal. I mean, Elizabeth's pregnant. No, 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 no. It was a big deal 
with such an illustration. Mary's mind's blown. I don't know a man. I'm not married. I'm pregnant. You're telling me I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give birth to the Son of God. I don't know that I can take this anymore. This is unbelievable. Gabriel goes on and says, look, it gets better. Look, you've you got to understand, God's the God of the impossible. He says, look, go, go look for yourself, your cousin Elizabeth. In verse 36, she also has conceived a son in her old age. And, and this is the sixth month with her. And she used to be barren. She, used to, she, she has no children. She's, she's old. She's never had a child. And up to this point, she thought that she could never have a child. And look, God's performed a miracle in her life too. And then he makes this exclamation. Because nothing's impossible with God. Nothing's impossible with God. You don't think, you don't think God can save you. You don't think God can use you. You've got to understand. He's the God of the miraculous. So if you're here today and you're saying, I, I, I'm struggling with God saving me. Maybe you've even been debating. I, I've, never, I've never felt worthy enough to be saved. He's the God of the miraculous. So many people, again, struggle with God using them. I don't think God can use me like this. So if God can bring salvation to mankind through a miraculous birth, he can save you. And if God can open the barren womb of a woman to bring forth the Messiah's forerunner, he can use you. Nothing that God can't do. But this was all about God's grace. She was, she was found in God's grace. She would be pregnant. She was being used of God, again, by God's grace. But Mary gives us this great example, this amazing example, how to respond to God's grace. Extending the opportunity and blessing to mankind, regardless of what the, the temporal struggle is that comes with it. And so I want to look at her response, and I want to gain a couple, of, a couple of points this morning, and then we're going to close. Look at verse 38. Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel left. So after all of this mind-blowing things, she was found in God's grace. She would be, the, the Messiah would be born through her miraculously. Her, her, her cousin Elizabeth is miraculously pregnant as well. And Mary's response to the grace of God, with all of the struggles that would come with it, is here I am. Here's my life. You do whatever God, according to God's word, you do with my life. Mary arose in those days. Look, she, she did exactly what the angel said. Go look at Elizabeth. She's six months pregnant. You're going to find out God did a miracle in her life because nothing's impossible with God. And so Mary gets up, goes to the hill country with haste into the city of Judah and entered to the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. We, we see an interaction with them. I want to skip down to, to Mary's song, but this interaction with Elizabeth goes on. And then look at what Mary does. Mary, Mary sings a song that, that consists of pretty much all Old Testament uh, scripture uh, or, or references. And listen what her song is to God in light of the pregnancy in her life and pregnancy in Elizabeth. Verse 46. Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, because he's regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done great things, uh, had done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He has showed strength with his arm. He'd scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He's put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent, away, uh, sent empty away. 
He hath hope and he's helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy and as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, to a seed forever. Again, Mary reciting, rehearsing Old Testament scriptures in this song, her response to this grace that had been given to her. And Mary abode with her three months and returned to her own house. So this morning, three ways that we can handle God's grace in a right way. By looking at Mary's example. The first way is this. Stay absolutely submitted. God's grace has been poured out in our life. And if you're a child of God, then you have experienced this grace. You have, you have a promise, a blessing at the end of this life that nothing can compare to. You have an eternal home with God. You have salvation. You never have to worry about what's going to happen to you after this life because of the grace of God. And now that you've experienced the grace of God, you live in the grace of God. Our handling of the grace of God rightly should be by staying submitted to God, absolutely surrendered to him, absolutely submitted to him. Isaiah 64, 8 says, but now, O Lord, thou art our father, we are the clay, thou art the potter, and we all are the work of thy hand. This morning, it should be clear in our lives. We should be able to look and say, you know what? I am the clay. My life is a moldable, usable, willing material for the potter. Every day of my life, I'm, I'm yielding to him. He's the potter. He's forming my life. I'm absolutely submitted to him. James chapter 4, verse 6 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Mary could have tried to take back th this whole thing. She could have tried to say, you know what? I've trusted God up to this point, and now I've, I'm facing this amazing blessing, but also this amazing trial. Mary could have said, I can't trust God like that. I don't want to trust God like that. It's uncomfortable. It doesn't make me feel good. I, I don't, I don't want to think about all of the problems that are going to come along with it. I just want my life to be good. And even as things would obviously become more difficult for her, we know that Mary stays submitted to God. She stays submitted in the grace that God had given to her. Again, she wasn't sinless, but she was submitted. She kept herself as a willing vessel to be used of God. I want to ask you this morning, are you making every effort to stay submitted in the grace that you've been given? Every day of your life that you get up, you, it's another day to, to operate in God's grace. And are you staying in a submitted state? And are you doing it because he's given you grace? Because remember, that's what, that's what the angel first said to her. Mary, you found favor. God's given you grace. He's poured out his grace in your life. And this is the blessing that's going to come. But here, this is the reality of what's going to happen. Mary stayed submitted because of the grace that God had given to her. She stayed submitted, and she was used of God to bring forth the Savior for all mankind. But get this, guys. This is what God still is doing today and what he still wants to do in all of our lives. God wants, wants us to stay absolutely submitted because he wants to use us in his grace to bring forth salvation to a world that's lost. What does it say about our own hearts towards God's grace and the gifts that he gives by grace when we don't stay submitted? Did you hear that? 
What does it say about our hearts towards the grace of God? Whenever something negative goes wrong in our life, the struggle comes, the trial is real, and we don't stay submitted, but we take back part of the reins and we say, listen, if this is how my life's going to go, I don't think I want to continue like this. I'm not going to serve God like that. I'm not going to give my all. I'm not going to sacrifice. If I'm always giving, if I'm always sacrificing, if I'm always facing a struggle, if I'm always facing a problem in this grace and staying submitted to God, I'm just not going to stay submitted to God. Now, we may not say that in our minds consciously. We may not say that with our mouths out loud, but with our actions and our attitude and what's in our heart is what we do. It's not going my way, so I'm not going to stay submitted. This morning, may we learn from Mary to stay absolutely, absolutely submitted regardless of our circumstance, regardless of our trial, regardless of the struggle. Why? Because of God's amazing grace that he's poured out in our lives. When I get up tomorrow morning, if God gives me the grace, if he gives me the mercy, if he, he gives me another day, it should be another day that, that I get up Regardless of what I know is going to happen or I don't know what's going to happen, it's going to be good, it's going to be bad. This is all the problems I'm facing this day. These are all the trials that I've got to deal with. These are all, no matter what, my determination because of God's grace needs to be, I'm going to stay absolutely submitted to God. Because you know that's what happened in Mary's life. As she started to show, she was already feeling ridicule. People were already making fun of her. As she walked by, the ladies turned their heads and began to whisper. Nobody wanted to hang out with her all of a sudden anymore. Things changed dramatically in her life. Not only that, but get this. Her dad, their family, that was, it was supposed to look like this, and now it looks like this. You've changed everything, Mary. Why don't you just stop? You're affecting our whole family. Nobody wants to, to do business with us anymore. Nobody wants to, 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 to fellowship with us anymore. Why are you choosing to, to still say these things? And I, we don't know those things. Maybe her family was absolutely committed and submitted to God, knew it was God themselves. We don't know, but we, we don't know that either way. But Mary gets up maybe when she's showing, takes that deep breath, another day. Another day, I got to go to the market and get some food. I know what those ladies are going to say again. I know the looks. I know the shaking of the heads. I know, the, I know all that. But God, here, here I am still. I'll, still. I'll still serve you. I still trust you. God, you know this is hard. But I, but I still trust you. And I still want to do it your way. A lot of things we can learn from her that she stayed absolutely submitted the second thing is this, that she sincerely adored the Savior. And that's how we need to rightly handle God's grace. We need to, stay, regardless of what happens, because of God's grace, we need to stay absolutely submitted to God. But the second thing is we need to sincerely adore the Savior. I was driving, driving uh, back yesterday, and, and I was having a conversation, and I was thinking about certain things, and, 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 and certain stuff came up and, uh, about like temporal things and eternal things, and my mind just began to kind of go, and, and I began to think about certain things, you know. Um, I began to think, you know, there's, there's, there's neat things in this life that are temporal. You know, there's, there's once, what we consider once-in-a-lifetime opportunities. 
man, man, you get those amazing seats and those tickets, or we get those, that, that amazing trip that we get to take, or, 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 or whatever the case may be, these temporal things that are, that are amazing and cool, and we say, man, that's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And then I begin to think about the things of God, and sometimes what, what we begin to, what we consider foolishly, I believe, and wrongfully, the, the simple and the mundane things of God. Maybe like a church service or a Sunday school class or a ministry event. And how we, how we look at those earthly and temporal things and, and we think, man, you just can't miss that opportunity. And at some point in time, these earthly and temporal things will mean zero. Zero. I mean, as amazing as they are, I mean, the moment that we cross over from the temporal to the eternal, what's going to happen is nothing that we thought was cool and amazing in this world temporally will matter. It won't matter a thing. But everything, everything to do with God in eternity will carry over. Being that encouragement to that person in Sunday school. Being here and lift, lifting your worship to God and, and that, that young person or that child seeing the examples before them. All those things that we think, that's simple, it's not a big deal, carries over. And so when we think, man, this is not that big of a deal if, if I'm not a part of this. But on the other side of the temporal and eternal, we think, I mean, the temporal and the, and, and, the, and, and the earthly, we think, oh, I have to be a part. This is an amazing opportunity. I, I can't miss this. I have to be a part of this. This is so important. This is, this is, this is, this is once in a lifetime. Gone. Gone. Meaningless. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And so I, I thought, I don't ever want to miss anything eternal. Even if it seems simple and mundane and, 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 and in our human and fleshly lives, not that big of a deal. I don't want to miss it. Where it came from is uh, somebody said, I keep getting the day mixed up. It seems like it would, it, it seems like it should be Sunday. And he said, but that wouldn't be right because you'd be at church preaching <laughs> if it was Sunday. And that's what triggered my mind. I said, I wouldn't miss that for anything terrible. I, I could. That's, that's crazy. Sincerely adore the Savior. Mary's song expresses several different things. And if you really study it, her soul and, and her spirit was crying out and, and exalting the Lord. Her mouth was proclaiming truth. The very word of God, all of this pointed to true worship. But this worship was wrapped in humility. It was wrapped in sincerity. It was all about magnifying the Lord. This in itself teaches us a huge lesson, I believe. We look at Mary's song. Again, she stayed submitted to the Lord, but she also adored the Savior because it was all about him and nothing about herself. So I want us to ask ourselves how much of our soul and our spirit is stirred to worship God when we sing songs to him or when we hear his word. How much are we stirred? 
How much do we think on His goodness? Or, when we know the future blessings of God will come through trials, how much do we worship God? Mary had no piano. She had no guitar. She had no microphone. She had no stage. She had had no air conditioning. She had no heater. She had nothing like that. And she didn't even have the baby in her arms. Just the word of God. Just the promise of God. Just her relationship with him. And this worship poured out of her life. She had true worship. Again, that worship came because of a relationship with God. And that's exactly how our worship should come. Because of our relationship with God. Absolute submission and sincere worship. She could have allowed the circumstances to change her worship. She could have allowed all of the problems to affect her song. But she didn't. She could have looked at the problems, looked at the trials, looked at the struggles, and she could have missed Sabbath services. She could have said, you know what, I don't feel like going to the, I, I don't feel like going today. I've got a problem. People in the synagogue are really going to just continue to look at me like this. I've got a lot going on in my life right now. I think God will understand if I don't show up at the synagogue today. She could have got resentful to God that her life was absolutely not like she expected it to be, like she dreamed it to be. And she could have missed so much. She could have missed so much. But she didn't. Because she stayed submitted and she sincerely adored the Savior. She sincerely adored him. So for us this morning, as we move to the last point, we're going to close, is this. When the trial overwhelms you, when your life is rocked, when you feel like, man, I don't know that I can do this anymore. Here's the truth. If you're not submitted to God, if if you're not in a submitted state, you won't stay worshiping God. You, 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 won't, you won't have sincere worship. When, you're, when, when, when the trials and the circumstances come and just shake all the normalcy and all the comfort out of your life, when those trials do that, and you say, I don't even know what I'm going to do now. If you're not submitted to God, you won't stay worshiping God. It just won't happen. And the truth is, we'll struggle with point three, and it's this, number three. If we're going to handle the grace of God rightly, we need to share abroad our salvation. This, this is to be the testimony that's seen outwardly. By our everything. Everything that, that we are, every, all that we are, our fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, our attitude, actions, our speech should be bearing the seed of the Savior. It, it, it should be showing very clearly of who we are. See, Mary's mouth not only proclaimed the word of God, the testimony of God, but Mary's life bore testimony as well. She was pregnant, outwardly, physically. People could see. It's not just something she was saying. It was something she was doing, it's something she, she was. She was outwardly showing that she was a vessel of God. Literally, the word of God was in her. It wasn't just, she wasn't just saying it. Literally, Salvation was in her, and she didn't keep it to herself. 
course, we know she, she had a birth. The Savior came out. Salvation came. She didn't keep it in. Again, this was already going on inside. It was already happening in her life. I want you to let that sink in as your musicians make their way. Mary's words, her attitude, and her pregnancy spoke of her submission, spoke of her obedience, spoke of her willingness, spoke of her faithfulness to God, bearing the word of God, and so it should be with us. We have to ask ourselves, though, this question, I believe this morning, if we claim to be the children of God, please listen, does my life outwardly look like, because of what's inside, because I'm a child of God, does it look like what I'm saying with my mouth? Mary could have walked around and said, look, I'm pregnant with the Messiah. And for nine months, people could have watched her and nothing ever changed. But it didn't. There was an outward showing, outward evidence of what she was claiming with her mouth. Can you imagine if she did that? Claiming that, that the angel came and told her she was pregnant and, and that she was pregnant and, and she was saying all these things, what, what that would have caused? Never came to fruition. She never showed. She never produced. I, I don't want us to miss that analogy. Again, the outward evidence, her physical showing of what she possessed on the inside substantiated the witness of her mouth. What she had on the inside was seen on the outside and what she said all lined up. And that's where we find a problem today. As witnesses for Jesus Christ, if we've experienced the grace of God, if our lives don't look like what we say, we have no, we have no uh, foundation, we have no traction in this world to bring salvation to the lost. This morning, what would, have Mary, what, would have Mary, what would Mary have missed if she didn't stay submitted to God? She wouldn't have been able to sincerely adore the Savior. But because she sincerely adored the Savior, she was willingly sharing Him abroad. And this morning, I want to encourage us to handle the grace of God as Mary did. If you've experienced God's grace and you know that you're saved, know this. Stay submitted regardless of your circumstance, regardless of the trial that you're experiencing right now, regardless of what the trial is to come, regardless of whatever you're, you're, you're regardless, stay submitted. I want to also encourage you to continue to sincerely adore the Savior because if you have a real relationship with Him like Mary did, it's what's going to help carry you through. It's not just because things are good. It's not just because there's, everything's working out in, in, in every aspect of your life, and now I can sincerely adore the Savior. No. We need, to, we need to share abroad the salvation that's been given to us. Because others, like us today, need the Savior. And Mary not done it. Let me say, well, God would have chosen somebody else. Probably. I don't know. That's just speculation. We're not told that in God's word. What that, meant, what that means for us today 
her submission, her sincerely adoring the Savior and her sharing salvation, does it mean salvation for us today? Your neighbor, your coworker, your family member, the stranger on the, on the street, somebody in, in some house in this community, if we're not sharing abroad our salvation, it means we miss it ourselves. We miss the point of it all ourselves. We miss the blessings. We miss the point of getting God's grace. And so I want to encourage you this morning with that. And if you're here and you've never experienced salvation, you've never, you've never entered into a relationship with God through His grace, and I want to invite you to come this morning. I have two ministers down here, and they'll, they'll walk you right through Scripture on how that can happen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for all the blessings that you do give us, God. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for the example that we have with Mary. Lord, we know that she wasn't sinless. We know that she was a vessel that you chose. And Lord, it was her submission to you. It was her, her life, her relationship with you uh, that we can take so much from. Lord, that she adored you. She worshiped you. Lord, she shared you. Oh, we're thankful for that example that we have, but help our lives, God, be as, as hers was. Lord, that we'll respond to the grace and we'll rightly handle the grace that you've given to us. Lord, you'll do with us amazing things as well. Lord, just move now in this invitation. We'll praise you for it in Jesus' name.